0: Alright, what's up guys? Welcome to the Riggles Rag Podcast. Back for you today. Got a lot of crazy stuff to talk about. We're just gonna get right into it. Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kamiker and Nathan Britton. So talking about the Washington Redskins, we were we were gonna meet up at some point and uh we planned it before all this crazy stuff with the front office happened. So we were, we were just going to say, hey, well, let's talk about the DJ Swearinger situation. And then, of course, Brian LaFamina gets fired or resigned or whatever happened to him. And then Jake Bai has gone too. And the front office is purged. It's back to Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder. People are going crazy. So uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. The Redskins are completing their annual collapse and uh, we're here to break it down as best we can. I don't know. I don't know how in depth you can go with it at this point though, Jacob Nathan. I mean at this point it's just Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. If they're still here, nothing's gonna happen. But uh I don't know. Jacob, I'll start with you. You Got any thoughts about this?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously these are two separate incidences and they're just microcosms in what has been a tumultuous season to say the least for the Redskins. Um, my takes on both situations. But the Swearinger release I actually don't take a huge issue with them cutting ties with him, because based on what appears to be the facts of that scenario, we know that he's called out his coaches and teammates before in the media. It seems that they told him to stop doing that because it's been detrimental to the team. And, you know, if you have someone constantly airing the grievances to the media and not handling problems in-house or at least trying to get issues resolved that way, it can create some locker room tensions and kind of poison the locker room at times. So if he was warned about that and he still did it, cutting ties with him does make sense. However, with one game left in the season, they could have easily suspended him and tried to trade him in the offseason. And that's just losing value if you look at it from that standpoint. But he was going to be gone no matter what in 2019 just from his comments and the way he comports himself when talking to the media in that way. So I didn't take huge issue with getting rid of him. And he does have talent, don't get me wrong, but sometimes talented players just wear out their welcome with the way that they treat other people. The LaFamina thing, that's something else. I mean, he was with the team for less than a year. He was brought in to help fix business relations and supposedly, you know, help out with the fan experience and everything and sort of viewed as possibly the heir apparent to Bruce Allen. And now he's gone. It looks like Bruce Allen is going to stay. And that is not something that Redskins fans want to hear, and you know it's it's just unfortunate because he was touted as a brilliant executive, and it seems that there was some divide in the front office, and they ultimately pushed him out as they want to do in that in that group.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I remember I remember writing about it when he got hired back in May, and uh, people were saying like, "Oh, this is one of the best guys the NFL has to offer." You know, this is one of the best guys, and a guy who can turn things around if he if he's given an opportunity and. It's clear that I don't know if there was like gridlock or something between him and Allen and Snyder if he wanted I saw something about him wanting Allen gone which kind of makes sense but uh it's uh it's not good if they don't have the patience for this then uh it's it's not good Nathan how are you piecing all this together
2: yeah, but I'm with uh, Jacob on the whole DJ situation. I'm a big DJ guy, so I was excited when he came here. I think we all saw what he was able to provide on the field with the team. He was a team captain last year. According to his interview, once he got released, he said that he was voted team captain again, but the coaching staff decided they did not want him to dawn the sea. I don't know. How much of that is bad blood or, or hard feelings and how much of that is true. But with the way he would go after coaches after every loss, it, it got to a point where it was like, this is happening every week where you guys are losing, you're coming out and saying this. At a certain point, are you just saying it or to say it? Because why haven't you as someone who dubs himself as a leader and as a one of the guys on that, like who speaks for that? that secondary to get up and say something we saw the report earlier this year where jalen ramsey has played man in the entire year no matter what the defensive coordinator has called for that jacksonville defense we know dj's not jalen ramsey we know he doesn't have the ability to just blitz every time or run straight zone or whatever but you can see that if something's wrong and you you can say it you say it's wrong you see it's wrong you know what's wrong at some point you can't just lay back there, take it, and then bitch about it after the games. you got to get up and do something. So I felt that his comments were going to get him released. I, it's weird that they did it now rather than the off season, but I guess it ultimately doesn't matter with the, no playoff implications anymore. The LaFamina thing, that seems like a Bruce Allen power play, cover your own ass move where it looks like the clocks were starting to turn and, and Bruce maybe being shown the door and he had to come up with something to put into Dan's ear. I mean, we saw the team – Trying to get fans back was—they did a really good job. Their their social media game all year has been incredible. They've been doing everything right to to keep fans interested and keep fans going. You see the well, I guess you got you guys are in the area, but Dan Snyder has his own radio station here, a team owned station, and then there's the local sports station 106.7, and it's kind of been like a like a rivalry, I guess you could say. This year, the Redskins gave instant ability to have the games aired on 106.7. They've had that whole uh, station and crew come out there on Mondays, I believe after games to broadcast from Ashburn. So, you could see that they're really, they were reaching out, trying to get fans. You know, LaFamina walks around the tailgates and tries to get fans, you know, going, get to see what they want, see what they need. So they were really trying, and for them to just give up after one year, when we saw how empty the stadium was, and it, we know nobody thought it was going to change in one year. I guess other than Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder. So I think it's a little bit of Bruce Allen kind of just having a scapegoat, and another thing of the impatience where they want an instant fix for 20 plus years of Dan Snyder ownership, just it falling apart, and it's not going to happen. So. I don't think Allen's gonna be gone. I think that this is just another thing in a long, long chain of events that shows that this team will forever not get right.
0: Yeah, and to me, this this shows how much power Allen has in that front office. Like he must have more power than we realize, and that's that's saying something. I mean, like how far inside someone's pocket do you have to be if you've been messing things up? for a decade it's been a cycle of just rebuilds and reboots and you know people getting fired and everything and you know just things not working out getting a hint of success and then dropping to irrelevance how far in someone's corner do you have to be to bring him back and stop a rebuild from a guy who's like a supposed expert after one season to me that's just like it's crazy, man. It's crazy. People had hope for Snyder. You know, he's in a role above Allen. He has the ability to fire him, the ability to kind of move on, but it's clear he, he's not willing to do so in the slightest. They're, they're a package deal. And that's yeah. That is clear.
2: yeah, and I definitely thought uh, we saw the tweets going out by Chris Russell who said that other teams uh, have Eric Schaefer atop their list as like the football president, whatever Bruce Allen is for those other teams. And he said that it would be a death blow to the Redskins and Snyder would be devastated basically if, if he were to leave. So I really did think we were going to see a move that was going to have I don't I don't ever think I thought Allen would be fired. Um, I think he's kind of tied here as long as this stadium thing is at least. uh, I thought we'd see him move out of the football operations role and kind of go strictly to stadium stuff. And they'd promote Schaefer to that president role to kind of keep him around and make sure that they keep that core that has done a great job with the cap and and the scouting and all that stuff together. But, you know, the Mina move, the DJ in the middle of the season move kind of speaks to that. That move doesn't get made if Allen or Jay Gruden were on the hot seat. You know what I mean? Like. That then being able to release DJ in the season to, like that just shows that those guys are going to be back and the Lafamina move kind of looks like a has looks like it has Bruce Allen's fingerprints all over it. So I do think he's going to return next year. And like you guys said, that's not what Redskins fans want to hear because they're you know he's been here a decade and they're fed up with it, man. So it's it's going to be interesting how they handle this offseason and next year really with because they they've already we've already seen that attendance drop in these stadiums so oh yeah I'm I wonder I'm interested to see how with no one doing kind of like the good guy role and going out and trying to draw fans back in who 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 specializes in that what what it's going to look like next year because we already also know that Alex Smith isn't going to play so what's going to when they call and try to get these fans to buy or renew season tickets. What are they going to be? What are they going to pitch to say, come come and watch us next year? Come back and see us next year. They, they don't have anything. Alex Smith is done, so you have Colt McCoy and Josh Johnson, Jake Rudin, the 500 coach is still here, Bruce Allen still here. What do they have to get these fans back? It's going to be interesting to see what next year looks like from a fan perspective.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely a good point, and you know. They do have some nice, young, marketable players, too, especially on that defense with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. And, you know, on offense, Darius Geis will be coming back, and I don't know if the team is going to go out and get a young quarterback. I personally wouldn't, give given this crop of quarterbacks that's coming out and the fact that 2020 looks really strong, yeah. especially with Justin Herbert going back to school. But that's a topic for another day. Another interesting part of this whole Lafamina saga and everything and I saw this on Twitter from Tom Lovero of The Washington Times. He said that LaFamina, Steve Ziff, and Jake By leaving Redskins Park is a direct result of the Reuben Foster waiver claim by Bruce Allen. Now, he didn't source that. I don't know if this is just his opinion or something. But that's just something interesting to consider. If Bruce Allen truly was behind that Reuben Foster claim and the other executives in the front office were not as supportive of it, they could have decided to leave the front office, as Lavarro is pointing out. But it's just another another way that the Reuben Foster move might have impacted the organization without us knowing. And again, like I said, this is just what Levero said on Twitter, so I'm not sure if it's sourced or not. But if true, that's just another reason to condemn the Foster move.
2: Yeah, and Jacob, if I could speak to that real quick. I was in the car about an hour and a half ago listening to the 106.7 Fan Station where Lavero has a Saturday show, and uh, the afternoon show was on with J.P. Finley, was in studio, and he was talking about how uh, in regards to Lavero's thing a lot of the people that were upset about the River Foster claim were the corporate ticket holders, those, you know, the big-time season ticket holders. And for Bruce Allen and uh, Dan Snyder to kind of just thumb their nose at those guys, that's pretty telling as to how much or how little they care about really anything going on because that's the big money and you already see that the 30,000 Redskins fans in the stadium and the rest is empty seats or whatever team they're playing that week, fans or the idiots that travel all around that wear the Cowboys jerseys no matter who's playing. You see, that's what's going on, and, and they're just ignoring it. I don't know what is what possibly is going on in that building where they think that this is okay. It, it baffles me to no end.
0: Every time we see a struggle like this, we see Bruce Allen win out. You know, that's been the theme. You know, Bruce Allen wins out every time. He's the last person to go, and I think – and his opinion trumps all, and I think we saw that with Snyder, you know, uh, Allen convincing Snyder to let Lafamina go or whatever happened there. It's just – It's crazy, man. It's crazy, and it's not looking optimistic for the future of this team. You know, I was I was talking with you guys before this segment. I haven't been covering this team for too long, like seriously for too long, and like I was. I was kind of drinking the Kool-Aid last offseason. I was kind of like, you know, this is pretty good. You know, we got a good defense. We got some weapons on offense. We got a quarterback who's a proven winner. Things are looking up. And then I had to go through it once, had to go through the fire once. And now it's like you can't see them sustaining any kind of success with this front office structure because they just get in their own way too many times. And they're not going to give it up anytime soon either. They're not leaving on their own accord at least. So. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to end this on a positive note. I don't know if there is a way to do that, so it's it's not it's not ideal.
2: At least they give us stuff to talk about all the time. Yeah, Could you imagine true. if they just were the Patriots and constantly were winning. Can you imagine
1: how boring that would be.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Uh,
1: I can speak to how uh, how exciting it is to debate every year when they lose one of their three games. <laughs> whether or not they're done, <laughs> it gets old after a while. But I mean. It's it's not quite as depressing as this sort of stuff, but the big question that I have after all this stuff is, like, what are, what are they going to do next? Because I'm in firm belief that they need some sort of culture change, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but, like, I don't know. If you guys were in charge here, aside from parting with Bruce Allen, which I believe we would all do, like, what types of coaching staff changes or player changes are you looking to make this off season to try to right the ship?
0: I would – all right. Well, okay. Hang on. I have a question. To your question is there any uh restrictions on what we can do like in regards to would this person want to come to washington or is there anything we want
1: i would give I, I would say you can try to hire people that you would think would want to come to washington if you have dream candidates you can mention them too there's no real restriction on this i'm just curious as to how you guys would look to rebuild from here
0: yeah i would i would try and get one of those hot shot offensive coaches offense is the way to win in this league you know it's the if you focus a concerted effort on offense you know you can uh, it's it's easier to sustain long-term success and I think getting one of those young offensive coaches and kind of bring them in so they can establish their scheme get that going. Uh, I think that would be good so maybe like Eric Benemi or uh, Todd Monkin is someone I would go after and defensive coordinators, I don't know. I should I should have I didn't get a chance to read your defensive coordinator article. Otherwise, I would I would have a name in mind right now. I know Todd Bowles has been thrown around, but uh I don't want I don't want to just say a guy off of merit alone. They have to be a guy who plays to their player's strengths because that's something that's bugging me about Minusky is he's put outside linebackers who are clear edge rushers, you know, as their specialty in coverage, you know, the the whole linebacker thing putting Mason Foster in coverage against running backs on, you know, second and third down not great. So, someone who has a track record of kind of being open-minded to that stuff as someone I would want for that and uh, yeah I do think Jay Gruden should go Uh, I was I was kind of a Gruden guy earlier but uh, it's he's he's giving me enough evidence I think he's put up a valiant effort but it's it's time for a change that's just me though
1: I'm floored. I never thought you'd come off the Gruden bandwagon. No, oh, I was Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, I was uh yeah, the cool I think that was a uh, another symptom of the Kool-Aid. But uh <laughs> this this season he's just uh you know, I, I get it. And I, I do think there needs to be a middle ground where you acknowledge the fact that he's had a really bad hand when it comes to injuries and all that stuff, but at the same time, you know, uh his play calling is predictable, man. It's just it's not good and uh, I think and then there's the whole inconsistency with getting his players motivated and stuff. Like, when are they going to drop an egg? When are they going to somehow pull out a win that doesn't even matter because they don't make the playoffs? It's like, it, it's it's I can deal without it. You know, I think it's time for a change. And yeah, I'm I, I'm on that I'm on that train now. So,
2: yeah, I agree with you. I, I I like Jay Gruden as a as a guy. He seems like a terribly nice guy, easy to get along with. Players love him. Um, like you said, he's put up a really good fight with the card he's been dealt the past few years with injuries and especially this year with Alex Smith going down while he wasn't playing great. You know, when you get down to your fourth quarterback, it's, it's tough and he's put up a good fight with it. Yeah. That said, uh, I've seen enough at some point you are what your record is. And he's been plus or minus one, uh, right around 500 every year. He's been here. Basically. Um, I, I think he's going to be a good coach. I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think that it's going to be be here I think he's got to go somewhere else he's got the experience now maybe he needs to go somewhere that's a little bit more ready to uh win now or you know maybe just a better culture from the front office down so I'm he's gone and everyone with him is gone honestly I, I try to keep uh Tom Sula I like what he's done with this front seven yeah. I like how he's yeah. gotten Allen to develop granted I know Allen and Payne are both Alabama guys and the talent's there regardless but He's turned Matt Ioannidis into, after the first year, what looked like to be a dumb pick by McLuhan, into a guy that arguably is the best guy on that line. Um, I love, I, so I, I try to keep him, maybe promote him to DC. I don't know if you guys think that that's where he'd fit in well if he needs to stay specifically with the D line, but I'd also try to go and if you're not gonna hire like a Chiefs OC or a first-time guy, I'd try to get uh whatever Harbaugh is at Michigan and tried to get there. You saw what he was able to do with the 49ers. Granted, again, you know, Klum was there to help build that team, and then he kind of came in. But that's a guy who can t- turn the team around, change the culture, and, and really get it going to where this needs it to be. Because this team, talent-wise, they're not too far away from being, you know, consistent wild-card kind of guys. Every other few years they win the division and, you know, maybe get a bye or whatever it is. Um, whatever. Um, they're not too far from that talent-wise, but I just think that they need a complete overhaul of a culture and all that. And I think that Jay Gruden's been here long enough to the point where he's comfortable. I think that there's going to be players in that locker room that know it is what it is. You hear DJ Swearinger talk about how light practice is. Again, you don't know how much of that is, is uh, him and how much of that is factual. But Jay Gruden came out in one of his press conferences today, or, Earlier this season, and said that uh, there was a the meeting was held after practice a little bit longer. I think it was a walkthrough day on a Friday when uh, either before Josh Johnson or before Mark Sanchez's first start, and he had to basically lay into the guys because are guys complaining about why they had to practice an extra 30 minutes with pads on on a Friday, and it's like you that to me that's unacceptable. Um, I know Jay Gruden isn't saying you know. I know it sucks, guys. We've got to do it. You know, I know that that didn't make him happy, but do you think that's happening in in New England? Do you think that's happening in Pittsburgh, where they have someone coming in? They go, we're practicing on Friday with pads, They're all going, man, this sucks. No, it's it's weak, it's BS. And I think when you hear about what happened with Swearinger and you see just the the constant inconsistencies where they go and they get blown out by the Giants, but then they they beat, they barely beat the Jaguars and we're celebrating. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. I I just Blow it all up, start over, and I it starts with Bruce Allen too. I, he'd be gone if it were me.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing though. I mean, if as long as Allen's here, <laughs> is, is talking about any of this really matter? That's 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 kind of a corner I've kind of walked into because I know you know we we've, we've established. I think we're all in agreement. Jay Gruden should go. You know, if, if if this team was making the right decision, Gruden should go. You know, you need a culture change in the front office and the in the roster in the locker room, as Nathan, as you said, you know, these players that didn't respond well to an uh, uptick in work, even when they might have needed it, you know, in a crucial stretch in the season. But as long as Allen's here, you know, they're just going to keep making the wrong decisions. And I can't help but think, you know, those players that they go the extra mile, uh, you know, they, they put in the work and they're willing to put in the work. Would they want to waste their time playing for Bruce Allen at this point? I mean, we we've we've seen it all collapse again. So it's like, it's, it's it would have to be a demotivating factor for me if I was a free agent looking for places to sign it's like oh Washington they've got an opening I can play there I can start there but but uh, those guys in the front office that's a it's a red flag that's a big red flag so it's uh, you
1: know it's funny though we're actually believe it or not I'm very torn on what I would do with Jake Rudin in this circumstance
0: really Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm on board with you with the Bruce Allen thing, and I think if they got rid of Bruce Allen, I'd almost be willing to give Jay Gruden, like, one more year, just as kind of a stabilizing force, and just, you know, see if he can improve, if the injuries get better, we'll see what happens, if maybe without Bruce Allen, Jay can take a little bit more control of the team, uh, but, you know, like I said, I'm torn, so i like, if they parted with him and went out and tried to get Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs or Todd Monken, I think those are my top two guys and your top two guys right now on the offensive side. Uh, you know, I think they definitely need to add a defensive coordinator at some point. Manoski's um, just not getting the job done. I would love to see one of the three head coaches who is likely to get fired Um land with the team, that'll be Todd Bowles, Steve Wilkes, and uh, Vance Joseph. All those guys could be real good defensive coordinators. And, you know, having that head coaching experience might help out whoever you're bringing in, whether it's a new guy or if it's just working with Jay Gruden. If you have another person who knows how to motivate people, and I think that's something that Todd Bowles is particularly good at or has been in the past, um, because the Jets almost are always competitive, even when people don't expect them to be. Um, that would be a guy I would target. But, yeah, I think it's all kind of a moot point as long as Bruce Allen is there because there's going to be some form of uh, dysfunction in that front office, and it's going to have an impact on the coaches and players. So, I mean, you can find a coach that can help deal with that and really mitigate some of the effects of it, but it can only go so far.
2: Todd Bowles has the Redskins connection, too. Oh,
0: does does he? he? Oh, Doug Williams, right?
2: uh, He played... Washington 86 through 90, and then again 92, 93. Yeah.
1: 92 through 93. So That's he's got nice that connection. connection man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He... I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I was just so focused on his coaching career. I didn't even think about his <laughs> playing career.
0: Yeah, I think he's buddy buddy with Doug Williams or something because they were teammates for a while. I don't know what position Bowles was, but uh, safety. Yeah, yeah, okay. So he's picking off Williams in practice right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that that could be interesting. I, I like that. I like I like the mention of Wilkes too. I know he hasn't done a good job in Arizona. He's probably gonna be fired after one year, but his experience with Josh Norman uh, is something that I look at. You know, maybe he could fit these fit a scheme to these players. You know, see maybe play more zone as Swanger lamented before his demise in Washington. But uh, uh, yeah, a lot of I think the head coach candidates are a good place to start on defensive coordinator. You, you can't keep bringing up these no-name uh position coaches like Joe Barry, Greg Minuski. It's just yeah, we it's it's been shown that it's not working here. So, but the problem is are they going to change their ways, you know, that's we we've we've let Gruden pick three defensive coordinators and they've all flopped. So, if he's here and he's still picking, uh, you know, I don't know.
2: And that's the thing. It's it's like, you know, GMs get one or two head coaches before it's kind of like, all right, you know, you gotta get out of here it's not working head coaches get so many coordinators and for him to be on a third coordinator in five years with only one playoff appearance and a winning winning record what three times technically because of the tie didn't allow them to go uh 500 i mean uh, my dog sorry about that um <laughs> so, so it's it's like, how how can you still be? And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they request to uh, interview Wilkes for the D.C. position um, from Carolina, or are they not able to do that since it'd be a lateral move, just changing teams?
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know uh, I know. Terrell Austin made a lateral move when he went from the Lions to the Bengals, so it is possible. Uh, I, I don't remember if they did or not, though.
1: I think that if they requested it, um, I think Wilkes was just promoted before they could interview because I think it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that Wilkes was going to get that promotion in Carolina, from what I understand. Mm. Uh, so that may play a role there. Uh, just also, while this is on the top of my head, just related to Jake Gruden, too, um, the other thing you have to consider if you part with him is like, is the next guy going to be better than him? And yeah. I get that it's probably like, well, how good is Jake Rudin? But if you miss out on all those top candidates and you're left scrambling for a guy, that that always leaves me a little bit nervous. That's not like a reason to definitely stick with Jay Gruden or anything, but like they got to do like a realistic look at if they were to fire Gruden, what guys might actually consider coming to Washington yeah. to uh, work for that team. So I think that plays a role in it, but obviously – that's uh that's something they would figure out before making the move anyway
0: yeah i think this job in washington is pretty unappealing uh you know not a lot of talented players on offense and a lot of this roster to me is dangerously close to uh being a bottom 10 roster in the league talent wise like i get that they got some guys who are really good but a lot of those guys are either in very precarious contract situations uh injury situations you know like Alex Smith, Josh Norman, Jordan Reed, Trent Williams and there a lot of them are either over 30 already or getting close and it's just uh, it's a the, the the window for those guys is closing fast and it's it's not it's not going to be long before the the talent base of this team is going to be you know they're going to need to re- reset that and they kind of have started doing that with Deron Payne and uh, some other young guys who are Darius guys coming back, but uh, it's it, the the core the core guys that are there uh, might not be able to be relied on for much longer.
2: And that's that's one thing I, when I'm talking with buddies or whatever about oh they're not that far. I, I think that this team is closer to selling Trent Williams, selling Ryan Kerrigan and those guys while you can because they're still productive. You know Ryan Kerrigan's working on something that when it's all said and done, if he can continue what he's doing for another three or four years, we're going to be talking about should he or should he not be wearing a. Uh, gold jacket one day. Trent Williams is, I think, already already at that point where he's going to be. He's pretty much a lock, um, whether it's first, second, or whatever, however many times you're eligible. Um, I, I I think that, yeah, I think this team is closer to selling off anyone over the age of like 20, 29, who does, you know, something you can do and just blowing it up and bringing it back. Uh, you know, there's, there's, I know there's not Trent Williams and Ryan Kerrigan's don't grow on trees, but every year there's guys who you can build up that offensive line, even if it's not superstars, get it solid enough for a Darius guys or a young quarterback to, to work with. Uh, pass rushers are, you know, they're all over the place. You can find, um, you know, seven, eight sack guys everywhere, you know, everywhere in the draft. So I think this team, you know, it's closer to let's just get rid of it and recruit picks and stuff like that and try to euthanize this roster rather than keep hammering away with these guys as they're getting older and, injuries are starting to pile up and you're not going anywhere but you know saying oh we were so close but
1: yeah yeah I
0: get you and that's uh that's the big thing is can they make that leap can they make the necessary change I guess we'll see uh we're almost out of time so quickly 30 seconds uh Jacob and Nathan each of you I'll start with you Jacob uh we've been talking about doom and gloom this whole time what's one reason to be optimistic as a Redskins fan
1: I mean, that defensive line, especially the interior pressure with Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, we talked about it. It's going to be great. It's a strength of the team. And in the modern NFL, getting that interior pressure on quarterbacks is becoming the most important thing. And that's why you see Aaron Donald as a legitimate MVP candidate because he can get so much interior pressure. So as those guys continue to develop, hopefully they'll become better pass rushers. and really create a unit that's going to be a nightmare for opposing offensive lines to deal with.
0: All right, cool, cool. Nathan?
2: Well, since Jacob took defensive line, I'll go opposite <laughs> line and say offensive line. Uh, Trent Williams, I even know I'm talking about maybe trying to trade him if you're starting the rebuild. He's solid as ever. You know, he has nicks and bruises, but he fights through it. Morgan Moses, while he's taking a step back this year, is still a pretty reliable option at that right tackle spot. You're going to get Brandon Sheriff back. Chase Roulier has proven to be solid at center. If they can get a left guard in there. I think you look good for the future, especially we saw what they were, what that line was able to do with 33-year-old Adrian Peterson. You've got Darius Geis coming back. You still have Chris Thompson. If they can get a young quarterback in there to kind of grow and mold behind that line, I think that that's something that really is going to anchor this offense. So I think that looking at that that line and knowing that you're going to have guys like Chris Thompson and, and uh, Darius Geis to carry the offense with, whether it's Cole or Josh Johnson, Josh Johnson next year is something to be excited about, especially if they can get a playmaker or two on the outside.
0: Yeah, and uh, look at what Jonathan Cooper did at left guard in his short time. He could be a yeah option to look at. Yeah, so Redskins fans, it's not all doom and gloom. It's mostly doom and gloom, but there is some stuff to be optimistic about, and, you know, you never know. Sometimes the biggest change happens when no one expects it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we're on the edge of our seats waiting to find out what happens next in this very interesting saga. For now, though, we're out of time. Guys, thanks for listening, as always, to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Have a good night. Peace out.